This is the Friday, October 7, 2022 version of the Market Analysis segment from Market to Market. A triple threat of factors to trade this week with harvest pressure, the dollar, and drier weather leading the pack. For the week, the nearby wheat contract reversed course with a 41-cent loss, while the December corn contract gained six cents. Similar headwinds are blowing through the soybean complex with an eye on South America. The November contract improved two cents. December meal dropped 2.30 per ton. December cotton, well, it shrank $1.11 per hundred weight. Over in the dairy parlor, November class three milk futures went up $1.23. The livestock market was higher as December cattle added $1, as did November feeders. And the December lean hog contract increased by 92 cents. In the currency markets, U.S. dollar index expanded 57 ticks. November crude oil skyrocketed by 13.60. That's 17% per barrel. Comex gold gained 34.40 per ounce. And the Goldman Sachs commodity index jumped by 61 points to finish at 667.80. Joining us now, our friend Sue Martin. Hi, Sue. Hello, Paul. Wheat market. It's really easy to say right off the top these three things, the dollar, but each contract has been moving individually with different factors. But the question to start, I think, our discussion is, and you like the technical side of things, have we wave hit the top of this latest wave and we're done with this rally? No. Why not? No. The market has, um, in fact, uh, as we ended the week, the uh, Kansas City December contract closed near the um, uh, 20-day moving average and also on a trend line from the very lows that we've had. So it's at a good support, but the market hasn't even... Now, Chicago, we did make a 38% retracement on Fibonacci, but KC has not. And I think the market's got capability of pushing even farther than that. You know, you look at this uh, stocks report that took everybody by surprise. I don't think hardly any of us anticipated the USDA would drop harvested acres and yield at the same time, but they did. So this next report that we get here next week is going to be rather important uh, to see just how much they show for this crop as far as um, ending stocks, where we're at. And I think that uh, we could possibly see the ultimate is the ending stocks drop under 600 million bushels. If that happens, it's the first time since 2000, I want to say 2013, 14, something like that. But also, it will be the sixth year of a consecutive decline domestically and a third consecutive year ex-China that we see global supplies drop. Well, and it kind of goes with what we just talked about in the news segments, the dry in California, not as big of a wheat-producing state, but Oklahoma is. Right. And in that area. And when you mentioned 13, we're coming out of the drought from 10 years ago. So similar scenarios. So what's a range then that we're going to be watching in wheat? Well, I think when wheat, like Kansas City wheat, for example, when you pull that back down in the lower nines, if that can happen, I think that market's capable of going up closer towards 11 and maybe a little more. The question mark going forward for the next year is, okay, do we take this year's high out or do we take this year's low out? Well, when you've got Ukraine now talking that they may not see, or let's put it this way, 50% of their production could be 
uh, down this year because of that much less in hectares that are planted because of the high input costs, the low cost of wheat in their country, and uh, the concern of the war. Well, you know, that's another big thing because they, right along with Russia, are very big exporters of wheat. Russia has very low prices right now. They're uh, planting and getting uh, the crops, the winter crops, trying to get them planted. The southern part of uh, Russia is pretty wet, and so they're delayed a little bit there. But when you go into the southern part, they've got till mid-November to get that in. So I think when you look at wheat, it's a major food mm -hmm. uh, item and a feed, but it's not kind of being used for feed right now. It's just too expensive. Right. Speaking of expensive, this corn, in some eyes, we can't seem to pop. Uh, Friday, I was just looking while you were talking about wheat, so I was prepared for this, and I couldn't remember the number. 683 is what we closed in on corn for the December contract. Why $7 such a hard thing to get over? Well, it's psychological because, you know, even in the um, uh, prime part of our rallies into summer, into spring, actually. Um, we got to 747, that 750 area, and the old crop made it up around 827. So 827 came really close to the all-time high for a lead contract. And therefore, all three of these kind of markets, uh, corn, did a double top this year. Um, beans came within 10 cents, double top. Wheat, KC Wheat made new all-time highs, but not to an extreme to where it qualifies as a double top. So when markets do this, they kind of have to step back and sort of reset themselves, and then we go on from there. So you're, I'm listening to you hearing the words more of a technical explanation for this. So you're not going to give me a fundamental story on crude or uh, an expensive dollar or uh, the harvest pressure right now? Well, let's look at corn. You know, when we look at corn, um, we lost, of course, 150 million bushels out of the old crop supplies, which means in this report next week, the, you know, WASI's got to give us some changes of numbers. And feed usage is going to be one we're going to watch. In fact, Actually, the numbers in wheat, I'm bouncing back a little bit on you, but in wheat, it shows that the first quarter of feeding usage was near zero. But in corn, um, you know, they're going to have to play with the numbers. Right now, you have slow, disappointing exports. You have, uh, okay, we lost 150 million bushels of old. What that says is that for every bushel that we lose per acre nationally in this number coming up with NAS, it's going to equate to 81 million bushels decline in stocks, or they're going to have to play with it. Let's put it that way. And that's a question that we have coming up that's interesting to that. But speaking of questions, I want to get this to you before we move on. Uh, Mitch and Hall has a question. We haven't even really discussed the weather side of this equation yet. Is there anything Western Corn Belt end users should be doing right now to protect themselves if the Western's crop is shorter in production than anticipated? Well, I think first off, we've dialed in a pretty low corn number. But a lot of the reduction is in the Western Corn Belt. Mm -hmm. And you look at Kansas, and those feedlots are going to have to be pulling, and end users are going to have to pull Nebraska, South Dakota, Iowa, they're not going to be able to pull from the eastern Corn Belt. So 
I think if they need, to, and I've been hearing some pretty awesome um, basis levels by end users, a uh, dollar twenty over, you know, even through all of October, talking uh, forty, sixty cents over. There was some talk that even based on December futures, basing off of that, but don't have to deliver it till next March. The end user was put on alert when he seen those WASD number, the right. quarterly stocks. And if he was nervous before, he became even more nervous because farmers' bins are empty. And they're gonna, they have a tendency to put corn in those bins anyway. So it's going to be that they need to protect themselves with call spreads to protect that. Because the best thing for them would be, oh my gosh, prices are dropping. Why would prices drop? It would have to be that our demand just sort of went out the door. We need to move to beans, and that's a story of, we, we kind of alluded to the, the Mississippi <laughs> River me. issue of transport, oh, yeah. um, but is that again a technical story or a fundamental story right now, driving to help the range that you're going to tell us we're um, in? I think in the beans, we have to realize that it's kind of a fundamental situation. I mean, it plays with some other factors. You've got a four and a half billion bushel bean crop expected to be harvested. And the export side of the demand accounts for 46% of demand. And that means we need to be exporting 80 million bushels a month. Well, half of those would, bushels would come out of the Gulf. Now you've had September, and we've had a problem with Argentina competing there. And they sort of stole any thunder that Brazil had at the time. And we thought we were going to get more business because of Brazil's lower crop, and that's not happening. But so we've already had September out the door. We have these very low water levels. They're having to dredge at Lake Providence and Greenville, and they're offloading barges. You've already had one barge company file for force majeure. And what's happening is, is that all of a sudden, there's not much rain in the forecast for all of October, so now you've got two months out the door. This could mean that we could lose nearly 60 million bushels of our first quarter export business. That's huge, and we need that business. So, you know, I look at, I think what this does is it really puts emphasis on South American weather. And right now they're planting... Uh, very easily. They're catching some rain, especially in the central southern part. Um, I think Brazilian weather right now looks kind of congenial. So once they get the crop in, you can't kill it anyway until yeah. it's in. And then we'll see what the weather is. But La Nina appears like it's pushing a peak. And it could peak by the end of the year, from what I'm hearing. I need to move to livestock in a hurry. We're just a few seconds left. Okay. Uh, live cattle, uh, packer margins seem to be shrinking. Uh, the un unemployment report, our friend Chris Swift, who was on last week, he says maybe with more people working, they're going to keep buying meat. Do you buy that story? Absolutely, I do. I think that um, the amount of 263,000 people working, unemployment at 3.5%, the lowest in 50 years, uh, our economy still looks pretty good. People working are going to spend money for the food, for the proteins. You've got Europe looking at a, a horribly... A uh, huge number of poultry uh, mm. losses because of uh, avian bird flu, and that's falling on the backside of African swine fever. Demand meat is going to be in huge demand, 
exports. We just had uh, China show up on our cumulative exports. China is in our export picture. Uh, I think they took a record amount of beef. So maybe not so much pork, but beef. And I got to tell you, uh, I've got another story too. Real quick. Um, you know, we have to look at China, and they're going to have on October 16th their uh, 20th Chinese Congress. And that, at that Congress, Xi is expected to be solidified for the next five years again as the president leader of China. It's a story we're going to have to watch, and I'm going to, I hate to do it, we'll continue. I know it. I know, we'll continue. And plus, thank you, Sue. Sorry. We have to put a pin in this for a minute. We're going to continue in Market Plus and pause this analysis. We're going to have your submitted questions. Give them to you here from Market Plus in that segment. You can find that on our website of markettomarket.org in podcast form and on YouTube. All of these resources are free. Now, the short bursts of information can be market moving or they can actually just be funny. We stick in the info lane with links to our stories and some of your content in a retweet. Give us a follow at Market to Market. Next week, we're going to give the next government report the panel treatment. Thanks for watching. Have a great week.